How come you're always helping everybody and getting paid back for well? That's the way I am, you know. I'm a little hard-headed. They say, Dusty Rhodes, how come you don't look like Ric Flair and have all them muscles and pretty body? Well, I like the nightlife just a little bit better than I like the damn gym, Jack. You understand? As long as I can get out and do it better than anybody, and as long as I make more money per night than any athlete in this country, and as long as I make a half a million dollars a year, I don't really give a damn what they think out there. Can you dig that? I hope you can. I hope you can. I hope you can. Lord, I hope you can. Welcome to the Barack Obama Approved World's Greatest Podcast, Hyphenation. I am your host, Kellen Conley, aka B Hyphen. How's everyone doing today? I'm feeling great, feeling good, feeling fantastical, and I have Dr. Pepper's here. We went to. Oh, what was that? No, we went, got it. We went to a work event this weekend and the company had paid for a food truck um, to be there and the food was delicious. Uh, Shout out, I got to get my podcast one-on-one on. It just has to be done. I just want to make sure that I get the correct information across. And of course, it's no longer in my search history there it is big bubba's pit stop is who catered our event and work paid for everything so everything was coming so they have water i really wanted dr peppers so time to get a little thirsty because we're playing cornhole and hanging out doing fun activities and it's like i need another dr pepper so i ended up drinking about three dr peppers and then on the way out, I look at Angel and I'm like, man, I feel like Forrest Gump drinking all this Dr. Pepper. She's like, oh, why? I'm like, don't you remember? I'm like, you drank all the Dr. Peppers for meeting the president? He's like, I gotta pay. <laughs> and that's how episode 211 of the Barack Obama Approved World's Greatest Podcast is starting. That's right. And that's okay. But you know what I forgot last week? You know what I forgot last week? Do you know what I forgot on the last episode, episode? You know what I forgot on the last episode? Morgantown weather reports. It is currently 66 degrees. Sunny. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Tomorrow, high of 75. More sunniness. Lows around 47. And looking at that 10-day looking at that 10 day looks like clear skies other than this Sunday and next Saturday the first Saturday in June so enjoy that warm weather happy days are here again I hope you feel the same my friend my mother-in-law is texting me right now I don't know what she's sending me 
Five Guys is preparing your order. I just, I'm, I'm on such a burger kit right now. A burger kit. Aw. My mother-in-law just sent, sent a little meme about Janet Jackson. It's Janet at, or Janet. I'm sorry, Janet Jackson. Tina Turner. And it says, RIP Tina Turner. And Tina's at the gates. And and there's an angel there waiting for her. For, and there's an H on the podium for heaven. It says, welcome, Miss Turner. Up here, you'll find that love has everything to do with it. So that that's pretty great. I love that. I love that. R.I.P. Tina Turner, man. <sighs> Queen of rock and roll, man. <laughs> Queen of rock and roll. I'll never forget one time when I, I had started at my current job, I uh, came in on my birthday. It was actually, it was probably my 30th birthday. And shout out to Mary and all my other coworkers, man. <laughs> Uh, they start playing Proud Mary very loudly, and they all proceed to try to do the Tina Turner dance because it was my 30th birthday. So shout out to them, man. Shout out to them. <sighs> so what's up? What's up, man? You know, not not a whole lot here. Not a whole lot. As always, this episode has been brought to you by Hyphen Podcast Group, bringing great podcasts to the people. Ivanpodcastgroup.com and, 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 like Peter McKinnon, the markrob.wordpress.com. That's T H E M A R C R O B.wordpress.com. Go get your read on with my semi regular co host, Marcus Show Mad Love Robinson. I got to see some new stuff he was working on and it was pretty awesome. Ha 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 ha. Hopefully you'll see it soon, eventually, in some format. That's how we do things around here. But without further ado, or further ado, first topic. So I put up on my Insta stories where I spend most of my social media time. You can follow me at the hyphen on Instagram. All I do is post my stories all day. I, I, that, I just love it. I love posting the Instagram stories. It is what I, I, I have to do it every day. That, that is my version of, of doom scrolling. I'd rather scroll through Instagram on my curated feed of people who I actually care about and see the world in the same way I do. And then I share cool stuff that I feel like you need to check out as well. So with that said, I lost it. No, I'm kidding. I had this thought. I was like, I've never really talked about comic strips on the pod. I've talked about comic books, obviously. I was just talking about Marvel's big old blunder that they're about to pull. Here, the actual comic book is going to come out in, oh, it comes out on Wednesday. So next Wednesday, in case you don't know what happened to Amazing Spider-Man 26, you're going to find out and find out the blunder that Marvel made. Anyway, Marvel's going to Marvel. Anyway, I just put up on my story, I was like, would anybody have any, you know, Anybody want to read? Not read. Anybody have any interest in me talking about some of my favorite comic book strips? Not comic book strips, but my favorite comic strips? And shout out to my man, George, my other semi-regular co-host, George Gerbo. He liked the story. So that's all I need. So one of, one of my favorite comic strips of all time 
from when, since I was a little, little kid is no surprise. It was it was Peanuts by Charles Schultz. And I could not get I could not get enough of Charlie Brown and Snoopy and of Peppermint Patty and Lucy and Linus and Franklin and Pigpen and Woodstock and the kite eating tree. Like there's just so many things that obviously it's the greatest comic strip of all time. Hands down. There's no ifs, ands about it. And there's no reason for it to be. From taking those characters as, what, you would say preschoolers maybe? Like kindergartners? And then growing them to their elementary age where they stop growing forever. And just just sitting down and doing the work, man. Like, the thing that appealed to me, I think it was Charlie Brown. It had to have been because my favorite superhero, in case you haven't heard. Also, if you haven't watched the Spider-Man 2 uh, game uh, gameplay trailer that just dropped yesterday for PS5, oh my God. Oh my God. Go watch that. I told my man Gary I could just play that 12-minute section for 60 hours and I would be so satisfied because so much happens. So much happens in so little time. But my favorite comic book character is Spider-Man. And what do we all know about Peter Parker? He's down on his luck. He can't get girls. He gets pimples. He gets an uh, allergy attack when he's fighting villains. I heard Stan Lee say that on a video earlier, an old clip from Letterman, I believe. And he, like, you know, bad stuff just happens to Peter Parker. And for some reason, I'm attracted to the fact that Charlie Brown can't win, man. He can't kick the football. His baseball team never wins. He can't ask out the little redheaded girl. Uh, what else does he do wrong? He can't trick or treat right. Like, nothing goes right for, for Charles Brown. It, it just doesn't work. And everybody, everybody hates him. <laughs> Yo, seriously, Linus is his best friend, and Linus borderline t tolerates this man. Tolerates. They sit on that wall, and Linus have his blanket, and Charlie Brown's sitting on the wall, and, and Charlie Brown's like, hey, Linus, what do you think of this? And Linus gives him, like, the deep Linus answer, because Linus is a little bit younger. He's Lucy's younger brother, and Lucy and Charlie Brown and the rest of the gang are all the same age. And... <laughs> Linus will give his deep answer, and then Charlie Brown will come back with the third panel rebuttal, and then Linus hits him with the punchline. Well, it's like, you know what? I'm just going to tap you in your balls. I'm not going to punch you in your balls, Charlie Brown, but I'm going to tap you because you get on my nerves. <laughs> Everybody hates this kid. He, his little sister hates him. She, she complains about him. There's only one person in the entire comic strip. Sorry. Two people an entire comic strip that we can guarantee likes Charlie Brown. Peppermint Patty, because she's in love with him. And the other one's not even a person, because Snoopy loves Charlie Brown. And the fact that Snoopy is so fiercely loyal to this little round-headed kid <laughs> who can't grow any hair to save his life. I don't know where... I don't know where this came from. But I am sure glad that Charles Schultz had just decided he had to share this with the world and start drawing these characters and 
what were they called originally? Low folk? Was it little folk or little folks? Something like that. I'm not gonna look. Now that was when they were doing the old time spelling of lil. So it was like L I apostrophe L. Lil folk. And then eventually became peanuts. But obviously other characters I love. Lucy is just a straight up um mm, mm, it, it's right there. What I'm a, I'm a, it's right there. Mer, Meredith, whatever that girl's name who sings it. Um that song was written about Lucy Van Pelt, man. Meredith Brooks. The Meredith Brooks song. That song was written about Lucy Van Pelt because she is capital B. She is the B and not in apartment 23. She is the B in Peanuts. And there's no B in Peanuts. You know why? Because she was such a big B that Peanuts was like, we don't want you here anymore, B. Get out. <laughs> She's in love with Schroeder, the pianist, who always wants to play his Beethoven, I want to say. And then Lucy's like, play something I can dance to. And he's like, and she breaks his piano to try to get his her, his attention, and that upsets him and ruins his world. And then Lucy, not Lucy, um, Sally, Charlie Brown's sister, is in love with Linus, and Linus ain't about that life. And of course, infamously in the It's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown Halloween special, Linus made Sally miss trick-or-treating on Halloween to wait for the Great Pumpkin and the Pumpkin Patch. And then of course... <laughs> And then, of course, nothing shows up. There's no great pumpkin. Sorry, kids. If there's anybody in the car, if there's any parents who's listening to this with their children right now, and I ruined the great pumpkin for you, I'm so sorry. One of my favorite favorite all-time lines ever. I quote this. I used to quote this more because I was expecting people to get it, and then people didn't get it, and I was always like, uh. But one of my favorite lines of all time is simply I got a rock <laughs> this man Charlie Brown went out went out as a ghost for Halloween his his sheet was all messed up <laughs> and then there, it comes back to the party after trick-or-treating at Lucy's house and everybody's showing all the candy they got and Charlie Brown's like I got a rock What hateful MFR gives a kid a rock on Halloween? (laughs) In addition to Lucy, I I guess they would be considered Lucy's friends. And shout out to me because these are the first characters I have to actually look up. There's Violet and Frida and Patty, and they're like Lucy's little mean girl clique before mean girls was ever a thing in a movie. But of course, mean girls have existed in life for a long time. But of course, the elephant, the elephante in the entire Peanuts universe, Snoopy. The thing that makes Snoopy so cool is again, Charles Schultz let Snoopy do everything. There was not a lot that Charles Schultz would not do with that character. He was a fighter pilot. He was a cook. He could dance. He was a writer. He 
what whatever they needed to do. If it's like, you know what? I just need something real easy to do for for this week. I got a lot going on, and so I'm just going to put Snoopy on top of his doghouse and let his imagination run wild, and that'll be the strip all week. I won't draw anybody else. And it worked because Snoopy's imagination spoke to my imagination. So whatever Snoopy could imagine, I could imagine it too. Snoopy is just a regular old dog. You think he's really getting shot down in Paris during World War I, going to the bar, crying over lost loves, over the jukebox, drinking root beers with his best friend, a bird, Woodstock? You think that, you think, do you think, do you think Snoopy was really doing these things? Mind you, it's a comic strip. So yeah, and Snoopy said it looks good, but how many times did Charlie Brown catch Snoopy on top of that doghouse gunning away and Charlie Brown would come out with his food and he's like, dumb old dog. Because <laughs> Snoopy's in his own world having these amazing adventures in his own brain. And, and that was another big thing for kids. This is just turning into peanuts. I haven't even got to any other comic strips, but this is the most important one to me. Like, the fact that, again, as an only child, and I get a hold of a Peanuts book where I'm watching a Charlie Brown Christmas or I'm watching her <clears throat> or I'm watching a Charlie Brown Christmas and I'm seeing this little beagle, little simple beagle having the best time in the world all by himself with his little best friend Woodstock. That that appealed to me too, just as much as Charlie Brown did. Because as much as Charlie Brown, everybody hated Charlie Brown and gave Charlie Brown a hard time, at the end of the day, they did care about Charlie Brown. They just treated him like crap <laughs> every single chance they got. But it worked, man. It, it worked so well. Like, I honestly, if someone wanted to give me like a box set of the complete Peanuts, I would read that thing start to finish within a couple weeks. I don't know how many books is in it. I'm sure the thing's ginormous. I don't even know if it ex a thing exists that's the complete collection. You would imagine at this point in 2023 it is. But those comic strips are so good and so fun. It gave me hope. It gave me hope that, I don't know, there was just more, more, more to it. There's more to being alone than what's in front of you. Like when you're alone and you got to entertain yourself, sometimes the answer's all in your head, man. So I could completely relate to Charlie Brown. Shout out to Peanuts, man. I want to read some Peanuts now. I have a book in my book stack that's on the other side that's sitting in there. And I can't remember where I got this book. It may have been something I got very cheaply. And it literally, if I remember correctly, I think it is Snoopy teaching Peppermint Patty how to ice skate because, of course, Snoopy knows how to ice skate. And I've kept it this entire time for all these years. It's been 20-plus years, easily. I'm about to be in Morgantown for 20 years here in August. And I've had this book for at least, I may have, I feel like it was 2003 when I when I got a hold of it somehow. 
maybe 2005. And I've just always kept it. And every now and then I'll break it out and read it. And I, and I just love it. It's, it's perfect. It is perfect. Tur- Peanuts is the perfect comic strip. I want to talk about some other things that I, I've read that I've really enjoyed, though, comic strip-wise. Some of these are web comics. I do want to send a special shout-out to one of my favorite web comics out right now. Is it a web comic when it's on Instagram? It's called Poorly Drawn Lines. I don't know how I ran across it. It feels like something that my man Deuce, Jonathan Bigelow, who uh, writes uh, some great comic strips in his own right, one called Stairwell and another one called A Rusty Life, which I've actually had characters from my comic strip in. Yes, I had a short-lived comic strip I used to draw when I worked at Teletech. It was called Nonsense. It had its moments. It's all gone now. I got rid of all the strips. (laughs) I think they didn't make the make the move uh from the last house before the last house before we rented the last house before we bought the house if that makes sense. Poorly drawn lines and I want to um hopefully I'm saying this right his name is Reza Ferrazmund and it's just funny. It is so funny. Like these characters, the one I posted today was the first one I've laughed at really hard. I've really laughed, oh, right here. So it's at Poorly Drawn Lines on Instagram. And the comic strip is about a dog bike. And it says, dog bike, why do you need this? And there's a little dog on a bike. And the dog says, I have to work. And then the caption says, he's lying. He's going to the casino. <laughs> this comic strip is too good, man. These they're just funny. They're 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 adult humor, but it's just so good, so good, man. So please go check out recommendation number two. Go check out poorly drawn lines. These comic strips are hella funny, and I think I've turned a few people on to the to this to these comic strips. So happy to help. Happy to help there. Also. Want to send a shout out to another favorite comic strip of mine, and this one won't be as lengthy, but uh, Pearls Before Swine, please step up to the counter. Oh my God. <laughs> I discovered this one. How did I discover this one? I think this one I started actually reading in the in the comic, in the newspaper. I read a couple of those, and then I ended up getting one of the, the big books. And it was amazing. It was amazing. So Pearls Before Swine is, I'm just going to read the little summary that is on Go Comics. At its heart, Pearls Before Swine is a comic strip tale of two friends, an arrogant rat who thinks he knows it all and a slow-witted pig who doesn't know any better. Together, the pair is often caustic, offers caustic commentary on humanity's quest for the unattainable. Dilbert cartoonist Scott Adams, who we don't mess with anymore, says that Pearls is one of the few comics that makes me laugh out loud. I don't think he feels the same way anymore, guys. But there's pig and rat and goat and zebra and the cats, the cats, the crocs. And then it's written by Stephen Pastis or Stephen Pastis. I don't know. But my God, next to Peanuts and Old Dilbert, I've never laughed so hard at a comic book. The situation, the commentary in these comics is just so good. And then when he introduced the Crocs, who's always trying to eat goat and trying to eat zebra, and they they like to drink beer, and one's name is Larry. And uh, 
I love Pearls Before Swan. It's my second favorite comic strip of all time. I have to give all praise due to Calvin and Hobbes. And I know you're going to be like, but Kellen, Calvin and Hobbes is a worldwide acclaimed uh, comic book strip. And a lot. That, that's the title. At this point, it has to be what's a comic book strip. That That's the title for episode 211. Jeez, oh, Pete. But Kellen. Calvin and Hobbes is a worldwide acclaimed comic strip. Some say it's the greatest comic strip of all time. How are you going to not mention it? I like Calvin and Hobbes. I respect its body of work and what it did in its time. Is it my personal favorite? No. Do I appreciate it? Yes. Calvin and Hobbes is great. That's all you're going to really get from me, though. Go read it by all means, but... It's 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 not it's not pearls for me and it's not peanuts, but Calvin and Hobbes is a phenomenal comic strip, so please go check that out. Also, want to send a shout out to an old web comic that I no longer read because man, it just really got away from me. I read this web comic consistently. Let's see, at least ten years did I make it to twenty twenty? At least ten plus years of reading every single strip. Questionable content. <clears throat> and it was about about being in your 20s, man, and finishing college and being in bands and falling in love and falling out of love. And there was some robot characters, some AI characters that were really cool. And then from there, they just expanded. Uh, they just expanded the cast more and more. And I'm actually going to go to their website because I, I want I want you to check it out because there is a lot of good stuff in there. But I also want to kind of give you a heads up of what you're looking at here. So it's by J- J- Jeff. Jeff Jacques is the writer of Questionable Content. And a lot uh, the, the fans just call it QC. I suggest if you want to check it out, go all the way back, hit the first button, go back to 2003. And start reading. Currently, he's up to strip number 5,054. It's weird, but I, I swear it's good. It got away from me. That that was that was just my choice. But I swear it's good. It's called Questionable Content. Go check it out. Also, I want to send another shout out to another webcomic that I really love that is no longer with us. It actually is a sprite comic. And if you don't know what a sprite comic is, Sprite comic is when, in the early 2000s, uh, people who wanted to make comics, and they would take sprites from video games, like the actual character models, put them into whatever program they're using, and then they would put word bubbles and, you know, tell a story using the sprites. There is a gentleman by David Inez, by the name of David Inez, who way back in, let's see, August, April 1st, 2000, decided he was going to start a comic that he was going to draw called Bob and George. Well, his scanner wasn't working or something like that. So instead, until he could upload his actual strips, he decided (laughs) he would take Mega Man sprites and tell stories with Mega Man uh, sprites. And it blew the TF up. I said that wrong. It blew... TF up. Yeah. 
it was it was a major deal. And eventually he he started doing the, like within the like the first month or so he went to the handwritten the hand drawn comics. His scanner was working, but he was having so much fun with the Mega Man Sprite comics. And the fans were having so much fun with the Mega Man Sprite comics that he just kept going. So he went and did over seven, seven years, over seven years, not every single day, but for the most part, of Mega Man Sprite comics called BobandGeorge.com. You can actually still download the entire series. and it's sitting, It is literally sitting on my external hard drive. I... Um, actually read all through every one of these strips at one point because we were so slow, um, so, so slow at work like years ago. And I just sat in my office and I, I just read through all of these strips and they are wonderfully done. They're very funny. There's Mega Man references for the nerds, but I think there's a little something for everyone in here. And he, he did a wonderful job with this comic strip. I wish... I knew what he was doing now. I guess I could Google him and see what he was up to. Ho- hopefully he's he's doing well, but those comic strips were awesome. Simply awesome. Um, last couple things I want to mention. Uh, I want to send a shout out to, again, A Rusty Life, written by my friend Jonathan Bigelow. He's a great cartoonist who doesn't get nearly enough credit that he should. He's fantastic. Also want to send a shout out to Sheldon, which is another webcomic, which I loved for a very long time. It it is also a very funny comic strip. Uh, do yourself a favor and go check that out. And then lastly, I haven't read this in a long time, but there's a comic strip called The Nightlife. And it it is done by a black creator. And my man, Orenthal, actually put me on to it. Orenthal Hawkins, pop fiend. And he used to post it all the time on his live journal. And hi, bird. <laughs> and I used to read on his live journal and I started following it for a while. And, you know, I just it just got away from me, but... Uh, I, go check out the nightlife. He's still doing that on the regular. Well, the the writer is is still making the nightlife on the regular. So, hopefully, I've given you some encouragement to go read some comic strips or comic book strips. Jeez, nine times out of ten, if I open up the comic section of a newspaper, if I'm holding an actual newspaper, I'm gonna read the comic strips, like the the Sunday Washington Times, the the Sunday Winchester Star. Or was that the Saturday Winchester Star? That was the Saturday Winchester Star, the Sunday Washington Post. The comics are like all big and in color. They got their huge section. I could sit there and pour over those comics right now and uh, enjoy the hell out of all of them. I I love comic books. I love comics and just as much, I love comic strips. So go check out some today. I bet you'd be funny. Next topic. I want to talk some music. Big surprise, some music. So, I have a friend. He goes by the name of Huey Mack. And Huey Mack is from Morgantown. He has had some seminal success as a rapper, especially in the frat rap era. And what what happened was, Huey um, had this song. It was called Popular. It was on like his maybe his first big mixtape he put out, maybe his second that really started getting attention from like his classmates. He's still in high school, and then it's it's hitting all it's hitting 
the frat rap blogs and he's getting his online following from YouTube and things like that. I don't know how he did it, but I was insanely jealous at the time. I can't even lie as a rapper myself, obviously. And I couldn't figure it out. But then he also was on this song that the local radio station did called Morgantown State of Mind. And the video was on YouTube and there was another radio personality on there who was rapping. And then Huey had a verse on it because his ex-stepdad worked at the radio station at the time. And so he, he did a verse on there. So here I am, little keyboard warrior, after watching this thing for, I don't know, either the first time or second time. It's like 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night. I'm on, I'm on YouTube in the comments section. What up, you mutant miscreants? It is I, Orokosaki, a.k.a. The Shredder, here to tell you about the Shredhead podcast, starring me, The Shredder, and my best friend, my main brain, the brains of the outfit I'm talking about, Krang. Krang is there. He's my producer. We have a podcast. It's utterly ridiculous. It's an insane premise. Uh, to top it all off, I, I haven't even seen the Ninja Turtles in years, but... We're primarily talking about hoops. Yes, the national, the national BA, the W national BA. Um, the, uh, oh damn it! I've run into the lyrics. I'm sorry, but just check out the Shredhead podcast. It's me. It's crying. It's crazy. Just murdering this guy. Huey Mac ain't real. He only in it for the money. Blah, 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 blah. I didn't even know about his dad, I don't think, at that point. His stepdad at that point. And, like, blah, I'm just talking all of them. Like, eh, he ain't serious. I'm such a be better rapper. Blah, blah, blah. These people I rap with are so much better. We're all better. This guy's a clown. Blah, blah, blah. So imagine my surprise when who pops up in the comments to start arguing with me but Huey Mack. He had nothing else to do other than that night, other than hop in the comments and start coming back at me. And he's like, what is your problem? And I'm like, bro, you ain't serious. You ain't real about rap. You don't care about rap. You just be rapping to rap, man. You just want to make money. And it's real easy for you to do. You're getting this little fan base. Blah, blah, blah. You're doing this little radio song. And, uh, and I'm, I'm just straight hating because we all know. Hater by nature. Pr proud of it. But I am just. And then, and then Huey starts not just arguing back. He starts explaining. So that's when he's like, my stepdad, now ex-stepdad, works at the radio station. I did it as a favor. And then he's like, I paid for studio time to go to ID Labs and record because there's nowhere else to record. I've done everything myself. And 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 really just being as honest and as as transparent as he could be with me in these YouTube comments. So we go back and forth for like 10, 15 minutes. And eventually I'm like, man, you know, maybe, maybe I could take it down a notch. Maybe it's not that serious. So because he was willing to come on the comments of a YouTube video for a song he didn't really even like and defend himself, and defend himself well, not just be like, yo, F you, who are you, blah, 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 you ain't, you ain't nothing. No, he, he took the time to try to explain where he was coming from with everything, which I thought was really cool. I thought that was really cool of him. So he begrudgingly got my respect that night. 
and I started following him on, on social media. So I, I was seeing what he his his music coming out and stuff like that. And we we would talk every night. We would tweet each other. And then one night, he he's out downtown, and I'm literally laying in bed. Angel's asleep. And I tweet, I'm like, oh, I was, uh, 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 he's like, yo, come downtown, I'll buy you beer. I'm like, he was underage, but he was in the middle of a bar drinking, whatever. <laughs> it's Morgantown. So I get out of bed and take the, I don't know, eight minute, 10 minute trek downtown from my house in South Park and meet him at, at what was called then, I think it was called the bank then. I meet him there. And we just sit there and have some beers, have some drinks, laugh it up, just me and him and a couple of his buddies. And we're we're just at the bar and he, he's he's just whatever. He's mad chill. He's just mad chill for he was in college by then, so he was like maybe twenty at that point. And he was just madly bad. I'm like, I'm like man, I, I like this kid. Like I really like this guy. Like it's not just on some begrudging respect. I, I like I like who this guy is. Then he's like, hey, let's go back up to my frat. I'm like, all right. It's like two in the morning, mind you. The bar was closing. Drunk as hell, both of us. And we walk all the way up High Street, all the way up Frat Row, all the way to the tippy top. And he takes me in the frat house and then he takes me in his room. It's like three in the morning, mind you. It's a long walk. So it's like 3 45. 2.30, 2.45 by then. And we're in the room. He's like, Yo, I want to play you some of my new songs. I'm gonna put on my next mixtape. I'm like, yeah, cool, whatever. I'm drunk, mind you, but this is my my process. And he plays me his songs, and I'm like, yo, these are these are really good. This is better than anything that you just put out. Like, I feel like this is before, this is after Freshman 15. So whatever project he did after Freshman 15, maybe a boy named Hugh, was what he was working on at the time. I'm like, these are really good. And he's like, he's like, yo, let's freestyle. I'm like, really? It's like three in the morning. He's like, he's like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> there it is. So like, I don't care. I want a freestyle. I'm like, all right. So he turns on a beat. And then he spits this 20, 30 bar verse. That was pretty good for being wasted. And mine was okay because I can't freestyle anyway. And I'm decent when I'm drunk. So mine was an okay freestyle. And he did it again. I'm like, yo, this kid really likes rap. He loves the rap. And eventually I was like, yo, man, I got to go home. And he's like, oh, it's been cool hanging out with you, Hyphen, man. You're a real cool guy, man. You've always shown me a lot of respect, and I appreciate that. I'm like, yeah, man, no no problem, Huey. No problem. And, and that is the only time to this day that me and Huey Mac ever hung out, okay? And so ever since then, with his projects he moves to LA hooks up with Mike Studd and John Kilmer out there and they do a project him and Studd do Huey drops his first album Pretending Perfection I think and you know he's he's touring uh, with with Mike and it's like oh man he, he's doing really good for himself it's great to see so I'll, I'll listen to some of his music and I, I wasn't it wasn't wasn't for me and I, I knew that, like, I enjoyed his, what I had heard previously on his mixtapes, but I knew the era he was in when he started dropping albums wasn't really for me. So I didn't really, I didn't really actively go listen to it, but I supported him whenever I saw something come across Twitter, I retweet, 
shout him out, you know. And he would always respond. He would always respond, yo, hyphen, I appreciate that, you know, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and I just always thought it was cool because, you know, like you you know somebody local in and they blow up and and you, you would think they would act a little different. Huey never acted different, which was, I, I thought was really cool. So, fast forward to, he comes back to do a show in like, in Morgantown. In like 20, I, we were in the house by then. So it was like 2017, 2018 winter. And I hit up uh, DJ Yemi, shout out to Yemi man, hope you're doing well, um, who used to DJ all his stuff for him when he was local. And I'm like, yo, can you... um can you get, give me ticks, he, tickets? Like me, me and my boy Anthony, we want to go check out the show. And he's like, oh, I don't know. Um, you might have to ask Huey. And I'm like, oh, man, like there, there's no way he's going to answer me. And it's like, whatever. So I shoot Huey, Huey a text. I'm like, or a message on Instagram because I'm following Instagram. I'm like, hey, um, anyway, I can get two ticks, ticket. I keep saying ticks. Can I get two tickets for, for the show in Morgantown? And probably within an hour, he he hits me back like, yeah, I got your name on the list. Um, you plus one. No problem. Not that his tickets were outrageous. I was just being extremely cheap. I was like, I want to see if you would give me a ticket to the show, you know. See see what I can get. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, absolutely. So me and Anthony go enjoy the show. And this is the first time I had seen Huey perform live. I think that I that I remember, and I had a freaking ball at his show. He tore it down. He was absolutely wonderful. Did a great job. And I caught up with him a little bit after the show. I was like, yo, man, I really love the show. Mind you, he was drunk. <laughs> he was of age by now. So, yo, I really appreciate that, man, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we're going to go do this. I'm like, nah, it's cool, man. I'm going to go home. I, like, I get up. I don't even know if show's in the middle of the week. I got to work tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. It's like, cool, man. It's always so great to see you hyphen, blah, 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 blah. Mad cool. Super chill. So the pandemic hits. And he had just dropped an album in 2019, which I really enjoyed because he... <sighs> I'm not going to look, but if you go to his discography, it's the album before the Cozy Bar, which is the one I'm about to talk about. And that album was like a pivot where it's like, it's not so much, I want to go out and chase these girls and do these drugs and, and blah, 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 like the frat rap that he was known for, that he was doing like most of his early career. It was more introspective. I'm like, I'm kind of interested to hear this because Huey can rap. And Huey knows how to get his point across and Huey knows how to make songs. So all of that was working for me on that album. Then the pandemic hits and my man sitting on Instagram plucking a guitar and he's like, oh, you know, I'm working on a couple things. And I'm like, okay. Because another mutual artist, a friend of ours, uh, David Morris, used to go by DY. Now he's David Morris and he's coming off uh, his first national tour as David Morris, which is his government name. And he went kind of country, mostly country pop with some rap sprinkled in from being strictly a rapper. Um, so I was thinking, okay, Huey's about to kind of do the same thing. And every now and then Huey dropped a little snippet. And then from there, he had started a podcast. And then uh, he did a couple interviews, which 
I always listen to his podcast interviews, and I'm always looking for that 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 really good interview. But none, nobody who interviews him ever drags really gets into it with him about his career and stuff because he's friends with him usually, and so they just end up BSing the whole time. And it's good; it's a fun listen; it's entertaining. But it's like that's not the Huey Mac interview I want. And then last year. He's like, yo, I'm going to drop this album, The Cozy Bar. It's a departure from what I was doing before. I hope you like it. This is where my heart is. And I listened to one of the videos he drops, which is absolutely phenomenal. It's just a one-take video of Huey singing. And, yes, yeah, singing. He, he, he no longer raps. He's not the world's greatest singer, but he's not bad either. And it's just real talk about his friends dying from drugs and yet he's still doing drugs sometimes and maybe he's bad in love because his mom's been married four times. And I love, I told him immediately as soon as I saw that video, I messaged him on Instagram. I'm like, yo, this is the best thing you ever done. Yo, thanks hyphen. I really appreciate that. But I never listened to the album because I just, I get the things when I get the things. And so I sat down, I'm, I'm driving around Morgantown two weekends ago. And I'm like, man, I'm going to throw in the cozy bar. I'm going to do it. And from the first song, I just knew this is my new favorite Huey Mac project. On this 14-track album, I did not find any songs that I didn't like. I listened to the first two songs, and I immediately went to Instagram because that's what I do. And I pulled up Huey on my messages. And then I proceeded to talk at Huey, not knowing when he'd get to look at it, whatever. No big deal. There's no rush. And, oh, what I said about his video was, new song is ha beautifully haunting. I love it. Visuals are perfect, too. That's why I said when I watched his video. And uh, we're talking about Notting Hill there. Yeah, we were nerding out about Notting Hill. So I'm finally listening to the album, and I'm not lying when I tell you this would fit in perfectly between Folklore and Evermore. Fol now, y'all know how I feel about Folklore and Evermore. They're my favorite Taylor Swift albums, and they, they completely changed my mind about who Taylor Swift was as an artist. That was immediately my response after the first two songs on the Cozy Bar. Because it's just guitars and simple instrumentals, instrumentation, but it's, it's folk, but it's pop folk for 2023 it, it just spoke to me man and every song on this album I enjoy the hell out of at 41 minutes it's probably one of my favorite albums I've listened to in the last 12 months I really enjoy the work that he did on this because finally for anybody else who ever looked at Huey Mack, the rapper, and be like, he's only doing it for these reasons, blah, 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 blah. He don't really love rap. <laughs> for anybody who ever said a word about him, the Cozy Bar is a defiant F.U. in their face. And it's just Huey going a different direction, allowing himself to grow as an artist, something that all artists always want to do. They want to grow. They want to be better than they were before. And most of the time, fans don't love it. But I dig this move for Huey. I absolutely love it. 
I cannot get enough of it. And me, me and Huey had a, a good conversation, man, because I, I sent him that, and he said the change was heavily inspired by folklore. And we talked for... I was I was in Lowe's by the time we finished talking. And so... I don't know, half an hour, 45 minutes, just messaging back and forth about the album and, and all the inspirations and the old days. And it's a really good album. It really is. Another recommendation, go listen. If you like folk music, if you like a little pop music, like, you know, your boy does, if you want to see an artist grow. And since I'm in his Spotify anyway, I want to tell y'all that previous album that he dropped that I, I really enjoyed. A romantic comedy, 2019. So stinking. Romantic comedy is really good too. But that's where I started to see the growth as a rapper. And then he he did this 180 to singing folk songs. And he, he can he can write some write some tunes, man. And it, his voice has the right timbre, I guess, to keep your attention without it being like you you know, like when some people can't sing. You get bored and they're trying to sing. It just doesn't work. But, but Huey has a decent singing voice. And then with his lyrics and then the, the instrumentation and, of course, the guitars, it, it, it all works very well together. And I couldn't be more proud of him. And I love the Cozy Bar. I absolutely love the Cozy Bar. So do yourself a favor. If you're, if you're curious, that if you're at least curious, Huey Mack the cozy bar. Thank me later. No drizzy. Okay. Last topic. I don't know if anybody y'all. I don't know if anybody y'all. I don't know if any of y'all have watched Jury Duty on Freebie. Spoilers. Y'all got 30 seconds. So the concept behind jury duty is that it's a reality show about jury duty. I may mention this in the last pod, but the catch is everybody on the show is actually an actor besides one person named Ronald. And he's really a contestant on a game show. It turns out, and he wins like $200,000, maybe a hundred thousand dollars, but it was very cool that he won money in the end after everything they put him through, but it's a comedy and all kinds of crazy things happen. And lots of funny things, crazy and funny things happen. James Marsden, Playing himself is in the show. And from the minute I saw his picture on my fire stick, I was like, that's my man, James Marsden. I don't know what it is about that man, but when he's in a movie, it makes me so stinking happy. I don't know what it is. I can barely list some of my favorite performances by him. I was, I almost didn't do this topic because I was like, I don't think I like enough of his movies to actually talk about James Marsden like that. But it's not true. His work in the X-Men movies was fine. But X-Men would be the first example where, even though he had the girl technically, 
obviously Gene wanted to be with Wolverine in those movies. They weren't pretty, they weren't, they didn't hide that fact at all. And then, of course, in the third one, they're just like, oh, let's just kill him. And then uh, Gene and Wolverine can make out, and then Wolverine will kill Gene. Spoilers. Superman Returns. <laughs> he plays Lois's boyfriend after Superman comes back from space. Also, I might have to hit up Perry. I wonder if he's covered Superman Returns. I think he has on Superhero Cinephiles. I think he has. But I have a stupid love of Superman Returns for as badly panned as that was. Even though I really haven't watched any Kevin Spacey stuff since the Kevin Spacey stuff came out. So there's that. But he's Lois's boyfriend in that movie who's taking care of Lois's super baby with uh, that she had with Superman and thinks that he's her world. I think they're married, matter of fact, in the movie. The other guy. And then, love it or hate it, I love it personally. The Notebook. He is Allie's fiance who she runs away from to spend that one that weekend with Noah as an adult. And that's when Noah and Allie fall in love again. He's the other guy. And then Allie comes and tells him, like, yeah, I've been spending the weekend with Max's boyfriend. That for, we had a summer fling, and you know, it, and, I, and then I spent all weekend having sex with him and blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, well, I could go over there and kill him. Or I could just tell you how much I love you and hope that you, I want you to do what your heart wants. And she does what her heart wants. She goes to Noah and leaves him. And he's like, he's rich. He's, he's got it made. Noah ain't got nothing other than his house. And he loses the girl. Enchanted. He's the other guy to Patrick Dempsey. Is that right? Is Patrick Dempsey in Enchanted? Is that right? Mm, don't quote me. I'm not looking it up. Shout out to Amy Adams, though. I haven't seen Disenchanted. I need to watch that. Because that just came out a few months ago. Again, shout out to Amy Adams. Another Lois Lane. Look at all the pieces piecing. But but when I really knew that I, I just enjoyed James Marsden as an actor. Dead to me, man. I know I've talked about this on, on the pod before. Me and Tyler mentioned it before. Me and Tyler are still supposed to come, come back together to talk about the series as a whole at some point which I, I need to reach out to him because this summer will probably be a good opportunity for us to do it now that the series is over. He is awesome and dead to me. He plays the guy who ends up getting killed at the end of season one who was married to Judy, who's one of the main characters. They kill him. They spend season two with his body stuck in a freezer, in a, in a deep freezer for a while, and then they go to dispose of the body, and then not long either right after they give her the body or somewhere like that, then the twin brother shows up and still played by James Marsden. And he's super nice where his brother, his now dead brother, was a complete dick. So seeing him get to play both sides was really cool. And on top of that, he still had to play his, his, the brother in flashbacks. And he's just this menacing, big old a-hole, man. Like There was nothing redeeming about this guy. Absolutely nothing. And seeing that dual performance is when I was like, yo, man, I, I just like James Marsden. And I want, I want to take this time right now. James Marsden, I have not seen nearly enough of your filmography. I've seen 27 Dresses. I enjoy it. I have never seen Westworld. I've never watched Sex Drive. I own it. 
but I never watched it. <laughs> Shout out to the $5, $5 movie bin at Walmart. And I know there's a lot of work out there that you've done, but I've always enjoyed your work. I didn't love the Cyclops stuff, but that wasn't your fault. You're in a superhero movie. There's only so much you can do with that, you know? But in any other role you've been in, even the little bit of pieces I've seen of Sonic the Hedgehog, I love it. I absolutely love your work, James Marsden. You're you're pretty incredible as an actor, and I look forward to seeing your continued success and seeing what you do next. And it really does bring a smile to my face when I see you on 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 the thing, doing the thing. It's really cool. Another actor like that who I'm not going to gush nearly as much about would be Keegan Michael Key. I'm watching Pitch Perfect 2 because I watched Pitch Perfect 1 with Aaliyah and Dad and Angel and I was watching Pitch Perfect 2 again and he popped up as Becca's boss. Literally, that's his credit. And I get so excited when I see Keegan-Michael Key in things but then I was like, I don't know if I know, have, know enough of his filmography to say I really enjoy his acting. It doesn't matter. <clears throat> the best thing I feel like he ever did, in my opinion, okay, besides Key and Pill, would be... Friends from College, which is on Netflix. I've talked about that on the pod and how it got canceled too soon after two seasons. Really funny show. Really uncomfortable, dark, funny show on Netflix. Friends from College. That was what made me say, God, I really like Keegan-Michael Key. So anytime Keegan-Michael Key walks into a frame, you got me. Does not matter. That man has my attention. So I want to give Keegan-Michael Key his roses and his flowers for his acting career, and I wish you continued success, sir, and can't wait to see what you pop up in next, because I really enjoy your acting, just like I do James Marsden, and you're funny as hell, I said, bitch, you would think after 211 episodes, I'd be so much better at this, this has easily been the most frustrating episode, because I, I there's so much that you're not going to hear, there, there's been all kinds of mistakes, and pauses, and burps, and coughing, and just, if I can make this thing coherent, pray pray for me, y'all. Anyway, Hyphen Nation is brought to you by Hyphen Podcast Group, bringing great podcasts to the people, hyphenpodcastgroup.com, and also the markrob.wordpress.com, written by my main man. Marcus Show, Mad Love Robinson. Mark Rob. Go read all the great writing he's done over there. Go support my man just by reading. Leave a comment. Like some of his posts. I don't know what his PayPal is or his Cash App, but I'm sure it's out there. I, I'll find it for you. Speaking of money, speaking of money, if you would like to uh, contribute something to the show, to me, the creator, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash be hyphen. It says buy me a sushi, but the idea is you can do a one-time contribution and you can help support me. You can do a monthly contribution and that'll help support me because I'm just a poor boy. I need no sympathy. But if you want to give me your money, I'll take your money, okay? Just how it is. Speaking of money, if you want to leave a, like on this video or if you want to subscribe to hyphen universe or if you want to leave some comments you can do that or if you hit that notification bell you'll never miss an upload just like that just like that the power of positivity is real 
get the negativity out of your life. No matter what it may be, no matter what you have to do, you got to do you. No matter what. Always and forever. Even when they're dragging your character through the streets. You got to do you. No matter what. You know who you are. The people who know you know who you are. Does not matter what anybody tries to do to assassinate your character. Okay? Okay. With that said, give people their flowers while they're still here. I gave James Marsden and Keegan-Michael Key and Keegan-Michael Key their flowers. Uh, more importantly, give people you know their flowers. Tell them what they mean to you. Tell them how they inspired you. I just told y'all about Huey Max album, The Cozy Bar, and how much I was inspired and how proud I was of his growth. I haven't seen Huey Mac in person for over five years at this point, whenever he came to Morgantown. But I took the time to message him. I'm like, yo, this, this album's dope. I'm so proud of you, blah, blah, blah. We had a great conversation. Give people, the people the, blah, 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 blah. Give people their flowers while they're still here, please. And on that note, call your mom, call your dad, call your sister, call your brother, call your aunt, call your grandmother, call your grandfather, your grandfather, call your uncle, uh, call your godmother, call your godfather, call your cousins or your nephews or your nieces, hug your kids, kiss your spouse, kiss your significant other. Just let them know, man. Stay in contact. Send a text, send an email, send a letter. We just got a letter. I wonder who it's from. You, because you took the time to write them a letter and tell them, hey, what's up? Life is going on over here. I know life is lifing on your side, but I care. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. And with that said, try to have genuine interactions with people. You never know what the next man or woman or they is going through. And your kind actions could save someone else's life or save their life. You just never know. So please have genuine interactions with people. Try to go out and put more positivity into the world than... Just put positive things into the environment, man. It'll come back to you. I promise. I promise. I don't care if you're at your wit's end and you feel like giving up. You feel like hope is gone. You need some strength to carry on. You need a hero. I'm considering doing something about what my favorite Mariah Carey song is. I don't know if it'd be podcast or what it, what, how that'll pop up, but I, I kind of feel like I could do a little bracket about what my favorite Mariah Carey song is. Because Shake It Off came on Spotify yesterday. I was like, what is my favorite Mariah Carey song? So, so maybe we'll discuss it. If you hear this, if your ears hear this, and you're thinking about it, you should let me know. And you can do so at B-B-H-Y-P-H-E-N on Twitter, the B-Hyphen on Instagram, and hyphen universe on Facebook, or B-Hyphen at gmail.com. Or if you want to go to hyphen podcast group route, hyphen pie group on Twitter, hyphen podcast group on Instagram, hyphen podcast group on Facebook, hyphen podcast group at gmail.com. Any of those ways you can contact me. And with that said, if you're on Spotify listening, if you're on Apple Podcasts listening, give the show five stars, leave a comment, good or bad, I'll read it. But give the show five stars, it lets more people know about the Barack Obama approved world's greatest podcast, as it should be. Also, if you listen... If you listen to a certain podcast platform and you can't find Hyphen Nation or another Hyphen Podcast Group show on there, please let me know. I will do my best to get that on there for you. I will do my best to fix it. I promise. 
I promise. Apologies to... I got no apologies for anybody. I got no apologies for anybody. I ain't have time because this show's been a train wreck, but I hope you enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. The parts that I'm not going to have to edit out. And episode 211 is in the books. And it's always fantastic to sit down in the chair and talk to y'all and do this podcast for, dang, three more years. It'll be 10 years. Dang. And I'm still not consistently releasing. Whatever. I just love doing the pod. That's why I'm still coming back. And I try to do it weekly. And when it doesn't happen weekly, I apologize. But I love Hyphen Nation so much. And I love doing it for y'all. And to each and one of y'all. Each and one of Why can't I say each and every one of y'all? To each and every one of y'all. That listen to the sound of my voice. When you see Hyphen Nation drops. I appreciate it. And thank you. So I say all that to say this. <sighs> Fifteen drinks, not bad. Thanks, y'all. This is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained?